Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome once more to One Leg at a Time, another gambling podcast from the Pride of Detroit team here at prideofdetroit.com. Find us on Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Download our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, and also usually live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. We've been doing these in the preseason from the comfort of off stream, though. And I am Chris Perfett. Your host, these lush greens, the the Jim Nance, as it were. And with me is maybe my Vern Lundquist, maybe my Phil Sims, maybe my Tony Romo. I don't know. It's Ryan Matthews, the rock god, at Ryan underscore P-O-D, who is stealing people's taglines until we make a new one for him. Yeah, I I mean, I guess that was a great introduction because any of those mm. people, I'd, I'd be honored to be to be next to you, Mr. Jim Nance. Um, well, I think I'd like to be Vern Lundquist, to be honest, but yeah, I, anyway, I mean, you talk about coming from the lush green sceneries. How about let's make some lush green backs? Yep. This is our gambling podcast. This is totally unsolicited, unscripted. I don't even know if I'd call it gambling advice is just what we feel like gambling on this week. And you're getting a look inside our degenerate minds. We do not profess to be touts or sharps. We're not here. We're not going to tell you let's we're going to make you money or anything like that. We're just telling you this is how we see things. We're just talking through things. We're just talking through things like a like a couple of degenerates sitting at a bar sharing sharing a soda pop. Yep. Hopefully we have a little more information than some people, but in ge- in general too, like I think the whole world is now ruled by squares at this point. Squares who think they're smarter than they actually are. And maybe some of those squares who think they're smarter than they actually are get to run MLB broadcasts at some point down the line. Yeah, I'm not claiming to be smarter than Vegas because they're pretty smart people over there. But I think we I think this week, Chris, we have some we have some player props and I think that I think we have some some interesting ones for 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 our listeners. Yep. We've done all of the future win total over unders for the AFC and NFC. Check out those two podcasts on the feed. Now we're going to get into some player props. I I really want to do more on preseason lines. But the problem is we record these on Friday and half the preseason games haven't been played yet. So lines aren't out completely. However, I did give some advice in the last podcast about betting on the preseason. You should go and check it out in episode two in the AFC team's uh, win totals because uh, you could still make you could still uh, find some insight to a few of these these preseason games. I'll say that. 
If we could sum that up in two words, Chris, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, the moneymaker, just (laughs) diamond hands, right? Perfect. Yeah, diamond hands, John Harbaugh. Anyway, I think we've actually got... So we we started listing up all these player props, and we realized we've got quite a few, probably enough to do our first half of this podcast just on Detroit Lions player props. And because we are ostensibly a Detroit Lions show... We should probably f- focus and start there. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good place to start our focus because while and by the way, we're using DraftKings um, for our purposes today. Um, that obviously might shift a little bit as we head into uh, the regular season and, and and games and things like that. But do you, do you right you advise, now DraftKings has yeah. Do you advise shopping around on books for people? I do. Um, absolutely. I think with DraftKings, though, and the reason why we've kind of settled on this, Chris, behind the scenes, we've talked about it. It, it seems like it's the most user friendly interface uh, for finding player props and things like that. And some of these other you know, books, it's, it's pretty difficult to scroll through and mm-hmm. find some of these. It's not organized so well, but I definitely do recommend shopping around because I think you can find some discrepancies uh, between books for sure. So I think if, yeah, you take like, these, if you take these numbers from DraftKings I, I, and you're interested in betting on any of them, I would I would look around at some, some other books before I put my money down anywhere. That's why I like there. There's a site called Vegas Insider. I don't not for player props for like in season. I like to look on there because for like betting against the spread or point totals, you can usually mm-hmm. find like a point or two of difference between places. And sometimes that's enough to to win you a game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. Anyway, uh, let's start. We, we are going to start on Lions props. So uh, should we start with the big kahuna himself, Jared Goff? I feel like we big start with fish. Jared Goff. Big, big fish, fish, Jared Goff. So this first one we have, maybe if you are, again, we are a Lions show. And I know there's a lot of Lions fans who are very, very, very doomer when it comes to Jared Goff who believe that he shouldn't even see the field to begin with, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this line will make you randy if you believe in that. But for us, we are shocked at how low this total is. Jared Goff on DraftKings, season total, regular season total passing touchdowns was set at 20 and a half. I, I, Chris, it seems low when you look at the rest of his career, right? I mean, you look at you look at his... You look at his five years, his first year, he only played seven games. So we'll throw that one out the window. But his sophomore season, 28 touchdowns. The year after that, 32, 22. Last year in an injured season, he threw 20 touchdowns in 15 games. Not even that, Ryan, but look at some of the other quarterbacks. You just have to look at some of the other quarterback props for passing touchdowns that he's being uh, sized up against. 20 and a half is as is the same number total that they've set Jalen Hurts at. Oh, boy. And let me tell you what, if I'm choosing between the over because betting the under is just no fun. Right. I think that we can Mm -hmm. we can firmly establish that on this podcast, like betting the under is for people who don't enjoy to, you know, have fun. I'm taking Jared Goff over Jalen Hurts 10 times out of 10. Right, Chris? Yeah. And look, I think no matter what you look at, with his time with the Rams, I feel like at least with the lions right now, he's set up for a little better red zone success. If he, if he can, if he can get his head out of the, out of the gutter and like put his eyes in the ball, he's got weapons 
that will get him touchdowns in the end zone with TJ Hawkinson and Jamal Williams. He's got good quick snap target threats that like those convert to touchdowns. This is those are the, those will get you the fantasy numbers oh, yeah. rather than I mean, just relying on on a, on, you know, a one yard QB sneak or whatever. Like he, he's got if you're 10, 15 yards out and you've got TJ Hawkinson, that's a, that's a pretty good threat. I think that's a great point you make because you look at those years with the Rams when the Rams were in the red zone, it's Todd Gurley time. It's time Mm -hmm. to get Todd Gurley the ball. I think if, if you're looking at Jared Goff, you know, you mentioned two names that I totally agree with. TJ Hawkinson's a a big weapon that you can utilize in the, in the red zone and in the end zone. We'll come back to TJ in a second here. Yeah. Jamal Williams, you mentioned, but I mean, Deandre Swift, you want to motion him out and have him run a slant route. What about I'm on Ross St. Brown, the sun God. That's another guy who, I mean, yeah, he, might, slot. he like, might. Yeah, I know people are expecting DeAndre Swift to have a good rushing year, but at the same time, both him and Jamal Williams are also great pass reception threats. Yeah, Tyrell so like Williams that. is a big body. I mean, he's got some big bodies and he's got some quick bodies. Those are the types of guys you want in the red zone. Yeah, it's just a matter of the Lions getting towards the red zone. But again, I feel like 20 and a half is low and you're only what is it for for the money is minus 110. Yeah, so minus you're, 110. Not, you're not you're not laying a lot of garnish on this one. No, not at all. And um, I guess if, if anybody needs like a quick breakdown on just basic betting 101. So when we say minus 110, that means you have to pay a little money to, to win some money. Right. So, I mean, if you're if you're hitting this real quick. Um, so the over, we take that at minus one ten. If you were to put ten dollars on that, your return would be nine dollars and nine cents. So that would be yeah. that would be what you'd win on. Obviously, you'd get your your wager back as well, but that's what a minus one ten would bring you back. Yeah, yeah. It's it's when it's in the minus, that number is basically what you have to spend. If you spend a hundred and if you bet a hundred and ten dollars, you win a hundred dollars. Now, if it's in the plus, you're betting a hundred dollars, you win that number. That's how the plus minus works on the money lines. Yes. So, um, yeah. yeah, speaking, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the other side of Jared Goff, though. Um, now, this is where the Doomers might get some get some love. Uh, Jared Goff's interception total is set at 13 and a half. Yeah, I mean, let's look at the numbers again, Chris. Uh, that sophomore season, seven, the year after that, 12, 16 and 13 last year. 13 and a half seems like a pretty good number. And you, you talk about the fly in the ointment, that 17 game season. And that applies to his passing touchdowns too. like the 17th oh, yeah. game is going to throw a lot of these off. Yeah, totally. And I'm inclined to take the over here. I think that there's just an opportunity for some some mistakes to happen in Detroit. And if you look at 13 and a half, that's not too far off from, you know, last year I mentioned 13, the year before that 16. Uh, and even a year where the Rams went 13 and three and Goff had 32 touchdowns, he still threw 12 picks in a in a 16 game schedule. So I, I think I like the over here as well. He's like a short he's like a short yardage gunslinger. What, what do we call that? You want to call that like a shotgun? A riot gun, a mus- a, a blunderbuss <laughs> inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I look, I. Here's the thing is that I think it's still going to be pass heavy in Detroit. I know we like to think at some point the run game is going to materialize. DeAndre Swift is finally going to break this curse where the Lions are going to establish the run, et cetera, et cetera. But 
man, I will believe that when I see that until I know otherwise, no matter who is under center, the Lions are still going to be passing the ball a lot. And that means a lot of Jared Goff, which means a lot of hot and cold at the same time. And what happens when they can't run the ball anymore, Chris? What happens when they're down 13 points they in the third quarter? The ball more. They there start throwing go. the ball more. Yep. Yep. All right. We Speaking mentioned of throwing T- the ball. Yeah. We mentioned TJ Hawkinson. We mem- mentioned what a role he could be to this offense. He has been set even total touchdowns, receiving touchdowns for the year five. Oh, you, you talked about the people who are high on Jared Goff and and interested in maybe slamming the over on the on the touchdown receptions. I, I'm kind of high on TJ Hawkinson for all those reasons we mentioned about him getting red zone targets. Um, it, even even after that, I, I know you're a big proponent of TJ Hawkinson saying upright and bipedal and running on the field rather than uh, doing everything he can to avoid hits and and things like that. But I think that he's a guy who obviously he has some yak to him if he wants to. Uh, his rookie season, only two touchdowns, but last year he had six. So I don't know. How are you feeling on this? You feeling over? You feeling under? Where are you at? I uh, it's it's rough because, again, I feel like he's the best receiving target the Lions have right now. Amon Ra is kind of young. We have to see what he, he is in him. DeAndre Swift out of the backfield like is going to be kind of worked a little bit. I I think they are going to go to TJ quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I think so. I think and again, for red zone touchdowns, doesn't matter if you're upright or not. You just have to you have to pull it in. That's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think I'm I lead. think I, I and I think we talked about this in a POD cast. I don't think anyone's going to be like double teaming TJ or anything like that. So, you know, you just beat your you just beat your nickel corner and you're. I don't know. I, I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I, I think Hawkinson is one of those players that you if you line up an athletic linebacker on him. I think that I still like that matchup for Hawkinson. If you mm-hmm. line up a cornerback on him, I like that matchup for Hawkinson because he's he's bigger. So, yeah, it, it's all about those red zone opportunities, though. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier with with Goff and, you know, whether or not he gets to 20 and a half touchdowns. I think that's a big indicator of whether or not Hawkinson will get more than five. You do got to pay a little bit here. It is minus 120 odds, but don't be a fun sucker. Take the over. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be like looking just to try to get as close to even as possible. Sometimes if it's a number like that, like that's just showing you where most most people are betting. And sometimes that's fine. Yeah, Um, exactly. Speaking speaking of that, uh, since we're still on TJ, let's also look at his receiving yards. Over under is set at seven hundred and seventy and a half. That, that would betting, be a career high for him. Yeah, it would be a career high. Betting right now is split minus 115 on both of these. What do you think, Chris? I, I'm, I, I don't want to just keep on, you know, feeling like the whole a lot of o- overs here. <laughs> like, I, I, I know. Bye, I bye, am. bye. Bye, yeah. bye, bye. <laughs> this is mad money here. Um, yeah, I, I am. I'm inclined to take the over here as well in the sense that it's a 17 game season and it's Jared Goff who's going to do a lot of checking down. I think there's going to be a lot of checking down and I think that really lends itself well to a player like TJ Hawkinson who's going to be running kind of those underneath routes more so than not. All right. Um, Let's see here. What else we got? 
Here comes the big one. We're going to do DeAndre Swift, but not his rushing yards, because I think both Ryan and I agree. Lay off on anything rushing yards related with the Lions until further notice, like figure out what the what this team is first. Mm -hmm. I've had plenty of people ask me about, hey, should I take DeAndre Swift in my fantasy league? Like, dude, I have no clue what he's going to do on the ground. But I do know he's going to be doing fairly decent on receiving his his over his over under on receiving yards, not rushing yards, receiving yards, 30, 375 and a half. Yeah, his rookie season, 357 yards, Chris. So that's not too far off. And that's for a guy who only played in 13 games. Right. Yeah, the 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 fly in that ointment, though, is like he's now switching from Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff. Again, I think a lot of these is a lot of these. A lot of what we're doing here on the receivers is going to be dependent on how you feel on Jared Goff. We're not telling you how to bet on it. It's just that I think Ryan and I. We don't think Jared Goff's going to light the world on fire, but again, he's not going to be as bad as someone like, say, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that goes almost without saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that it, it's a it's a good indication of you know things that have come out of camp. Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift, while he's you know been dinged up a little bit, he's missed some time. I think he's still clearly the lead back in Detroit. Um, we're going to get to Jamal Williams here in a second, but even though he's splitting time with Jamal, I still think he's going to be a focal point in the passing offense. Like you talk about Hawkinson earlier, Chris being Jared Goff's main target. I think that you can make an argument that DeAndre Swift is almost kind of like one B or he's like the clear number two. Yeah, I think so. Um, you mentioned Jamal Williams. Let's do a total for you here. Rushing and receiving yards together. Over under at 750 and a half. Ooh, and I'm going to lay off on this one just because I like Jamal a lot. I do. We've had him uh, on our podcast multiple times, and I hope he's hearing this. And I hope he, he hears that and he gets his. Uh, he gets ready to go. The purring ferret. Mm. Um, you know, in Green Bay, he was in, you know, a timeshare with with Aaron Jones, and he finds himself in a similar situation here. But I think that he's going to be utilized a little bit more. Um, whether or not he's going to be used as a rusher or receiver, it really doesn't matter. Um, because I think if he's out on the field, he's going to be somebody that's going to catch Jared Goff's attention and going to get a lot of targets. And I, I think that Jamal Williams, I'm, I'm smashing a lot of these overs, but keep in mind that Jared Goff, I was taking the over on interceptions as well. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to take the 750. And a half. I'm interested in taking that over. It's it's at minus one fifteen, but you look at his yards from scrimmage the past four years, seven hundred and forty one last year, seven hundred and thirteen the year before, six seventy four in twenty eighteen. His rookie season he actually had the most um with eight hundred eighteen yards. I think it's doable in a seventeen game season. I think it is. Yeah, I like I like the over on this one too. I'm kind of on the fence, but I'm starting to come over to the other side. It's low enough for scrimmage that I can, I can take that in an RB two. Also, he's looked really good in training camp. He's looked really yeah. good in training camp. He's looked like, awesome in training camp. Yeah. yeah. I know training camp's not the end all be all, but I think that, um, I think that given, given that he has been able to stay healthy in a lot of these years, being able that he being that he's just consistent, and he's played with people other than Aaron Rodgers under center. Like, I like it. 
Yeah, I like I like the number. and I like where he's at. Uh, one last one for you for the Lions before we move on to the next segment. Romeo Aquara. We, this one caught our eyes a little bit. Total sacks is set for seven and a half. And this got me and Ryan into arguing over whether half sacks in the in the stat books for like pro football reference that counts as like a full sack or not. I mean, it counts towards the towards the hook or not. I don't think it does, but either way, how, how do you feel? Seven and a half sacks. That would be a lot. Would be a lot. Last year, he did set a career high with 10. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, not the year before, but the year before that, he did have seven and a half sacks. Exactly. The talk out of camp has been that Romeo Aquara looks like every bit the guy they signed to that big contract extension. I think what the Lions have done with the rest of their defensive line, as long as it kind of holds up, and I know that's a big if, but, you know, if Aline McNeil comes in and plays well and Michael Brockers and Deshaun Hand and Trey Flowers, you know, Romeo Aquara is not going to be getting a lot of those double teams or a lot of the attention. The other thing that's important to mention here, Chris, is the over at seven and a half is plus 110. So you're you're getting a little bit of money on top of the, your initial bet. So. I think you need to put out your Lions Kool-Aid recipe right now because I'm interested in drinking it. I'm taking right. the over All at right. seven well, and a half well, sacks. I'll, I'll put it out. I'll put it out this this coming week. Like before the season, you will have the Kool Aid recipe. As long it's as it's got back. Mad Dog in it, baby. I don't know if I can do that again. I don't even <laughs> think you can buy Blue Mad Dog anymore. I think the pandemic might have killed that. <laughs> Either that, or it could have been the cure all for the pandemic. Who knows? It could have been, but I think the zeitgeist <laughs> the zeitgeist on horrifying cocktails has shift, shifted to seltzer water. So I have to go buy some white claw to experiment oh man are you gonna succumb to the seltzer craze for the no the blue no. kool-aid recipe no i might throw one in but i'll never drink it <laughs> i'm a liquor guy what can i say anyway uh put that aside let's uh take a break we come back here on one leg at a time we're gonna look at some other player props we'd like from around the nfl plus a couple of uh a couple of conditional props for rookie quarterbacks that I think has caught our interest. And one of them involves a team in the NFC North. We'll tell you who that is next on One Leg at a Time. And welcome back to One Leg at a Time. We're taking our gaze off the Lions now and looking around the rest of the league because, Ryan, I feel like gambling, like with fantasy football, it keeps me focused on looking at some other teams at times. Like, I'm trying to be curious all all the time. I love football. Try to keep my eyes on it. But these are good ways to keep up with certain players. You got to have a curious mind if you're going to keep up with the rest of the league. And I know that we previewed both the NFC and the AFC already in their entirety. And that helped pique my curiosity. But these player props are going to are going to fully send me back into football mode full force. Well, let me give you one right now. Actually, do you want to start on these uh, specials that I have? Yeah, let's start with the specials. You, you let's, tease let's them before the, the break. So let's I, I them tease now. them before the break. So we have three. So we've got multiple teams drafting rookie quarterbacks this year. And that always brings up the question, especially after the light of Patrick Mahomes doing well after sitting a year, 
are these teams going to sit their quarterbacks? Or, as the prop says, what are the odds they take the first snap in the 2021-2022 regular season for their team? For example, Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is an easy no at minus 350. Yes, you could get paid out at yes plus 250, but with Bill Belichick, with Cam Newton, there's there's no, and from all inclinations we've seen from, from camp, unless Cam Newton hurts himself before the regular season, Mac Jones seems like a lock at no. Yeah, un- unless, I think unless Cam Newton goes into COVID protocol, this guy is going to be the starter for the Patriots week one. Like, yeah, I know Mac Jones had like a solid outing last night against Washington's football team and Cam Newton got absolutely obliterated by Chase Young and fumbled the football. But a, a, a good outing from Mac Jones in the preseason and just a middling performance from Cam Newton throughout the preseason is not going to is not going to catapult Mac Jones into the starter role. Yeah, one. but here's here's where it gets interesting. And now we bring it back to the NFC North. Justin Fields odds to take the Bears first snap for the 2021 season. No is at a minus 450, but yes will pay out at plus 350. Matt Nagy can only be thought of as a flailing moron if he doesn't start Justin Fields from week one. I know they say he's not going to start right away. Andy Dalton QB one is the meme, but. I don't know if that's going to hold up by the time we're through three preseason games. Yeah, I, through three pre I mean, in camp, like everybody, like all I see on my Twitter timeline is videos of Justin Fields throwing footballs into tighter windows than Wallside could put on your house. Like Justin Fields is he should be the starting quarterback week one. And at plus, what is it again, Chris? 350 plus 350. I mean, that's some money that I'm willing to put against Matt Nagy coming to his senses and realizing, oh, yeah, we know who Andy Dalton is and we're going to find out who Justin Fields is. Sooner rather than later, start the dude. Yeah, I I think that in, in the cases of some of these rookies, you can look at what's going on in their training camps and you can look at what the coaches are saying and kind of deduce where things are going. Nagy might be in denial but I think the senses will come there. And like, if you just want to take a waiver on this, yes, plus 350 feels like good value. Another good value. And this is I, I'd say this is even better value for me. If you listen to anything coming out of Kyle Shanahan's mouth lately, Trey Lance to take the 49ers first snap. No minus 400. Yes, plus 350. Chris, here's here's why I think you're onto something with Trey Lance as well. Wouldn't you, from the perspective of a coach, say, hey, week one, we have the Detroit Lions. I think that that would be a nice tune up game for my rookie quarterback to play in week one rather than throw out Jimmy Garoppolo, have him maybe throw away the game to some point and have your defense save you and come out of a, you know, a week one win against the Lions that looks really ugly. And then you're you're facing even more mounting pressure. You know what? If if Garoppolo goes out and has a bad game against the Lions, Chris, I think that's egg all over Shanahan's face. Yeah, he's trying to get this guy traded. Like he's trying to find the trade value with Jimmy Garoppolo still. And that's again, it. everything Kyle Shanahan is saying, this is the weird thing about Kyle Shanahan, because you want to talk about that trade value. Kyle Shanahan's not trying to goose up Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not trying to dress him up. He is talking so well about Trey Lance. And remember, they were even talking about, you know, 
openly about trading for for uh, Matthew Stafford when Jimmy G was their quarterback at the time. Like, and he goes out and admits that and on a podcast or a show, like he's got no qualms being letting people know he does not think that highly of Jimmy Garoppolo and has been looking for alternatives. You're telling me that he's suddenly going to double back on that and be like, actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to actually start Jimmy G after all in the regular season. No, no. I, I think the writing's on the wall. I think, I think he is ready to move on from from Jimmy Garoppolo and wisdom of of letting your rookie quarterback with a sit with a play card on the side for a while. Quarterbacks are being thrown in faster and faster into the NFL. And Trey Lance is has a good chance starting behind a very good offensive line and immediately produce better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm hmm. Yeah, all great points. Yet we're sitting here looking at the odds and Vegas is telling us that they think Mac Jones out of all these three quarterbacks is the most likely of these guys to start week one. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I would much no, rather. I think I, I think would that's much rather spread my shit. money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd much rather spread my money on a couple of small bets with Justin Fields and Trey Lance than put any kind of money on Mac yeah, Jones. At these odds, at, at these odds, they're all flyers. But I like if you're telling me gun to my head, pick one of these three that you would like the most. I'm either taking fields or Lance. I'm probably leaning a little more towards Lance right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Here's some more uh, player props then for totals. Uh, Baker Mayfield over under 29 and a half passing touchdowns. Oh my (laughs) goodness. You're you're rubbing your eyes. (laughs) I'm I'm rubbing my eyes because this would be, uh, and I know, we keep talking about it, 17-game season, so that's something to always keep in mind. But this would be a career high for Baker Mayfield for touchdown passes in his career if he gets the over at 29 and a half. Right. The and most this he's is... ever thrown in a season is 27 in his rookie year. And this is a guy who, his play, Chris, is just characterized as being up and down. He's Jekyll and Hyde. He goes mm-hmm. on these streaks where he plays really well. He goes on these streaks where he plays pretty darn bad. I mean, this is a guy who, um, in his sophomore season, 22 touchdowns to 21 interceptions. That's some Jameis Winston type stuff, man. You're also going to have Nick Chubb back this year. And Kareem Hunt. It's going to be a running offense. You're going to have running. Yeah, it's a running offense. Like, Baker Mayfield has had a very hot last year. That doesn't mean that the stock just keeps going up. Yeah. Agreed. And it it goes back to the point, too, that you made, Chris, about Jared Goff in the red zone. I think that in the red zone, the Browns are going to try to chunk three, four, four yards until they get into the end zone with those running backs rather than tell Baker Mayfield to, hey, roll out and make a play. I think I Mm -hmm. I think I think the money here is on the under. The the money might be also be on, on the under on Daniel Jones and passing yards, which I feel like every day I am slowly walking back every pronouncement i had in the middle of the offseason for the new york giants daniel jones passing yard total is set at 3800 and a half um i like the under i like the under because i think they're gonna have saquon barkley back this year i think that it like the browns they want to be a running a run first offense now if they start getting put in put in the hole maybe that's where the yards start coming in but I'm sorry, like 3,800 when last year, like he, that's a huge step up, Ryan. 
That yeah. is an obscene step up. 3,000 in 2019, 2,900 last year. Like, where, where are you getting these extra 800 yards from? They ain't coming in a 17th game. I mean, I mean maybe it's because he hasn't played a full season yet, and that's what they're projecting out, but I don't know. No, 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 no. You're not you're not going to talk me into taking the over on this. I don't care that no. he got Kenny Galladay. I don't care that they drafted Kadarius Tony. I don't care who they have for him to throw the football to. Evan Ingram doesn't matter. Under and I don't I don't know if this is going to boil down to us, Chris, where I took a bunch of overs in the first segment for the Lions and now <laughs> we're just getting the under on everything else. But well, we have an over that we're about to slam right here. We're, right? we're about to get over, and I swear we're going to get outside of quarterbacks. But first, I want to slam the over on Ben Roethlisberger's interceptions at 12 and a half. Over, over, just over. And, the, and, it, and it's at minus 105, Chris. That's as close mm-hmm. as you good, can get to value. even money without it being even money. Um, you know, just kind of run it back in terms of the seasons where he's played a a quote-unquote full slate of games because maybe the only thing that might happen is you're talking about injuries with Ben Roethlisberger, right? And maybe that okay. will give him less sure. opportunities to throw interceptions. Okay. But but even then, 10 last year, two, se- two seasons ago in 2018, through 16, through 14, through 13, through 16, and the years before that. 20, like, this in guy is prone he, to making 20, mistakes. I was going to say, in 2015, he played 12 games and he threw 16 interceptions. It's who the dude is. And he's getting older. Like at this point, he's clinging on for that contract money. Yep. Yeah. And the Steelers are letting him. I like over 12 and a half here. The only way I could not see it hitting the over is if they really lean into their ground game. Yeah, I mean, they did draft Najee Harris in the first round, and, and maybe they want to go back to establishing themselves. But that's a hell of a workload for a rookie running back to offset Roethlisberger. It is. And, and we've we've seen workloads like that in the past before with, with some rookie running backs. And it's gotten teams into trouble, right? Like Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just looking around at the rest of the league. But I, I think that. I think that over 12 and a half is something that I wouldn't hate. I mean, that's less than an interception per game. And I think that when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, when you look at when you look at Roethlisberger's box scores each game, it's like, yeah, he threw a pick. <laughs> yeah, it's just something that happens each game. Yeah, you, you're good for one every game with him. Exactly. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I, I want to sideline a couple of the other ones you had just so we stop doing like four quarterbacks in a row. Um, sure. Odell Beckham Jr. over under at six touchdowns. This is one that you like. So I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so this is one of those value picks that I think I think you might see the line shift a little bit on it uh, the closer we get to the season because right now the the over at six touchdowns is even money. So he's got to get that seventh touchdown. I know Odell has been injured in the past. I know that he's he's kind of kind of is to put it really nicely. He's he's underwhelmed in Cleveland, uh, to say the least. But I think this is a guy who has every intention and he has every incentive to bounce back this season. And while, you know, we just talked about taking the under on Baker Mayfield touchdowns at twenty nine and a half. I I like the value here. Like if you get burned on taking the under at twenty nine and a half on Baker Mayfield touchdowns, 
you can at least get even money here on the over for Odell Beckham Jr. at six touchdowns. Talk to me about George Kittle over five and a half. Now, when healthy, he's still only gotten, I think, five touchdowns max in a season. And again, the big problem for Kittle right now is you got to get healthy. Yeah. You know, he, I, he, I, I think as, as good as he is, like I look at his injury history now and I get worried. Like, do you remember Tyler Eifert in Cincinnati? I like do the remember hottest Tyler tight Eifert. End, yeah. The mm-hmm. hottest tight end to come out of Notre Dame could never stay healthy. But those one, that one or two years we got of him healthy, he was just damn electric. Yeah. I, I'm counting on George Kittle being that guy. I think that, I think that he can, he can get healthy and I think that he's going to be ready for the season in a big way. Um, especially, you know, if, if they're starting Trey Lance, man, I, I really mm-hmm. like that. I really like that over if, uh, and I think that regardless, Trey Lance will eventually become the starter there. I'm, I'm just in love with this because uh, admittedly I love George Kittle, but yeah. five and a half seems like in a 17 game schedule, Chris, mm-hmm. don't you think that six touchdowns is a reasonable number to expect for George Kittle? Maybe they just haven't used him heavily in that mm. touchdown format. Yeah, maybe that changes with Trey Lance. I, I, I'd lay off on this one, but you like Kittle, so I really can't fault you for it. Hey, it we all have it. our vices, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of vices, Ryan, this is another one you wrote down. Ryan Tannehill over 10 and a half interceptions. You throw him, you th- you saying he's going to throw at least 11 interceptions this year. Yeah, I think it's going to happen, man. I'm. Here's the thing with with the Titans offense in general. It benefited so much last year from two things. One, Derrick Henry, and two, Ryan Tannehill not turning over the ball on turnover-worthy plays. He had the fourth most turnover-worthy plays among quarterbacks in 2020. And I think it's just, I I, I think that there's an opportunity for some regression there. Like he had 22 turnover worthy plays. He only threw seven interceptions. Can I give you the wild card to this too? Can I give you the wild card to this too, where this might make him worse by attempting to make him better that they went out and got Julio Jones. Now it encourages him to throw to the outside. And that's where those turnover worthy plays start happening. Exactly. Yep. Yep, even the best quarterback sometimes, yeah. I could see that. Like, yeah. Uh, one more wide receiver here, Jamar Chase. You wanted to throw a rookie on here. Uh, over under seven touchdowns is the total. Seven touchdowns is a lot for a rookie, man. Especially, Especially for the Bengals, man. Can yep. Burrow even like stay upright? There's a lot of questions if Burrow is even healthy. And if Burrow's not throwing the football, I don't know how Chase is even getting those touchdowns. Yeah. Now, I'm clearly, not- if, if the two are healthy, I think like he's going to be the he's going to be as Calvin Johnson. He's going to be like, I'm just going to zero in on that guy and just throw him the football. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think also when you look at that Cincinnati offense, like a couple of things. One, you have Joe Mixon there, right? So like Joe Mixon mm-hmm. is going to get the rub. But Tyler Boyd, I think, is a really underappreciated wide receiver in the NFL. And they and they have T Higgins. So they have. They have plenty of mouths to feed on offense. Now, the two things out of camp, and I'm not trying to overreact to them, but one you alluded to earlier, Joe Burrow and whether or not that knee is completely healthy and whether or not he's completely psyched himself up to be a quarterback in the NFL in the sense that like, he's willing to step up in the pocket and make some of those plays that he was making at LSU, but 
ended up getting him in trouble and and suffering that you know the horrific knee injury that he had last year. I'm between that and some of the things I've heard about Jamar Chase's inability to separate. Uh, it's, it sounds like a cocktail for the under. It sounds like <laughs> a cocktail for a rookie receiver to hit that under. Ugh, yeah, he is a rookie at the end of the day too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone who's no longer a rookie. You have Terry McLaurin on here. You are saying the total for scary Terry is where did I just put it? I just had it up. Uh, damn. Wow. I'm being really adequate here now. No, uh, you're good. Yeah, yeah, here we go. I'm sorry. I just lost it. Here we go. One thousand one hundred and eighty and a half yards receiving. Yeah, I'm I'm all about the over on this because I think scary Terry is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick's number one option. And, you know, like we uh, last night, we just watched the Patriots in Washington play, you know, for the for the series that McLaurin was out there, two receptions for 25 yards, three targets. I mean, he's clearly going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick's security blanket and also a guy that he can he can push down the field to. He's a guy who I think is a I mean, he can be a yak machine. You know, last year, 134 targets, 87 receptions, 1,118 yards. I, I really like the over for, for, for Terry McLaurin this year on receiving yards. That's it. We got our scratch card done. Let's do it, man. Those are all the we player props. I like it. We feel football. Uh, what are we going to do next week? I think I, think I want to look at like MVP and player of the year odds and everything next week. I'm, I'm going to probably have a 10 minute diatribe on why you should bet everything on Kyle Pitts to be the offensive rookie of the year. And I'm going to try to talk people off away from that ledge that Ryan is trying to lead you to <laughs> like a lemming. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll have some more fun next week. This is, this is once again, another edition of one leg at a time. And I think we're getting it a little shorter now. We're just getting you once we hit the season itself, we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, I God, man, football's in the air. And I, I I feel like I'm becoming an old man every time I say it. it's like football's almost back. Ryan I get to drink myself into oblivion on Sunday. No more church, Ryan. <laughs> uh, I can't wait till we get to let loose a little bit. The regular season, we're going to we're going to get a little zany with it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to steal my catchphrase on the way out? I would never do that to you, Chris. Okay. See you Starside, folks. Check out for the for more content coming this weekend from Pride of Detroit.